So I was walking my fucking dog. Yeah. I love him so much. And then I came back uh, from walking my dog and I got the mail on my way back up to the apartment. And I um, was like fucking around, press the elevator button. Riley loves to run into the elevator as soon as it opens. So he ran into the elevator as soon as it opened. And I was like, okay. And then I started to go into the elevator. I dropped all my fucking mail on the ground. (laughs) Damn it. But my dog's in the elevator. It's about mm. to go up. I'm like, oh, fucking my dog's going to like get choked to death because mm. I have great fears, mm. a lot of anxiety. And so I rush to grab the mail off the fucking ground. And I'm like trying to, I literally like straight up infomercial. I'm dropping a piece. I'm <laughs> grabbing it. I'm dropping a piece. And then because I'm wearing a mask, mm. because it's a fucking pandemic and I'm not a psychopath. But when you have a mask on and you've got your glasses on, it like creates a little slippery situation on your little ears, mm-hmm. you know, and then. This slip side all around, and I was bending over, picking up the fucking mail, and then my glasses can't relate. Really. And I'm like, "Cat, I don't want to talk to you right now. Happy birthday, by the way." And <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I'm slip, I, fucking. I feel I'm going down my nose. And I'm like, "God damn it!" And I'm like ready to push my fucking glasses back up, mm-hmm. but then they fall all the way off. Right, and it's like when your glasses are starting to fall off, like you, you know, you have that thing where it's like. They're falling off. Is it worth getting them? I'm already bent over. Literally. Wait, what's the worst that could happen if they just fall off? But you were leaning over an elevator shaft? No, 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 no. I was like leaning over. I was outside of the elevator. They fell onto the ground. And then the elevator is like about to fucking close. And I'm like, God damn, my glasses are on the ground. Half the fucking mail's on the ground still. And like my dog is in the elevator. It's going to close on his leash. And then it's going to go up and he's going to (sighs) die. Yeah. Um, And I was so fucking scared. And so so I rush. Mm-hmm. to get in front of the elevator door so it doesn't close and my dog doesn't die. And then I kick something. <gasps> and I can't see shit. I literally can't. I'm so, I can't see fucking shit. And I click, I kick it and I and I hear it go clack, clack. And I'm like, <laughs> but I thought I just kicked my glasses into the elevator. I yeah. was like, surely they're too big to fit into like the little spot, right? Like there's no fucking way. They've got like, you know, whatever. And I'm like, oh, God damn it. So I get the mail. I'm in front of the elevator. I'm like, right. Like, fucking, I gotta, I gotta go find my glasses. Mm. And I'm like, looking in the elevator. I can't see shit. I'm literally like squatting on the ground, peering around to try to find my glasses. I go outside the elevator to look. I'm like, maybe I kicked him backwards or something. And I'm stupid. And I can't tell the direction of sound. Sorry, Noel. <laughs> <laughs> have an excuse though uh, and yeah because people like, can't tell the direction of sound are, um, just are f- stupid they're all dumb <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I go out and I can't fucking find them out there and then I'm like whatever I can't handle this and so I go back uh, into the elevator and I just go home without my glasses uh, and I'm very sure still that they're like down on the ground somewhere and I'm just too fucking blind to see them Oh. So I grabbed my spare pair yeah. of glasses, which I didn't actually know I had until this Phew. Incident. But yes, thank God. And then I go back down to look for my glasses, and they're not there. Oh, and God. I'm like, no way has somebody picked up my glasses in the past five fucking minutes. Oh, and no. I'm like, ah, I don't want it to be true, but I go down to the bottom floor in the parking garage. And I take out my little phone. Turn on the flashlight. <laughs> And I peer into the crack. And inside the crack, at the very bottom, <laughs> are my glasses. Wow. Yeah. And, and they're still inside there. the crack. And very the have crack. you checked your butthole situation. It really was. It really was. And they're wow. still there. Well, you know, wow. I think it was really wonderful of you to provide that charitable donation to the elevator shaft man. Yeah, like, um, he's been having trouble reading for a while. Well, yeah. 
I thought, you know, it was it was an accident, but I was like, you know, let him have yeah, this. Yeah, give him a break. Yeah, yeah, let him have this. My mom was like, you should call the maintenance man and have him go get it. No, he, and I was like, he, and put the elevator shaft man in jeopardy like that? I know, that? like, no, he, no. like, he can't see without his glasses. He can't and fucking see without his glasses. Maintenance men are the natural predators. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. are. Do you know how many elevator shaft men per capita are killed? Every year. Every fucking year. I don't think that's what per capita means. Per I don't capita ca- every year. Per capita every year. Per capita. Per capita. Every year. Every year per capita. Yeah. Um, I, I had a similar experience, actually. Yeah. I don't think it's funny enough, but I'll just tell you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's just get into it. Let's just do it. Uh, so the, the other night, I like had like my AirPod in, mm. and I went to sleep, and then I got up and had to pee. Mm-hmm. And then I had, like, my hair, like, tied up, but it was, like, falling out. And so I bent over to, like, flush the toilet, and then my hair fell out, and I was like, no, my scrunchie is going to fall into the toilet, and I grabbed it, and then my AirPod, like, fell out into the toilet bowl. Oh, no. But it bounced off of the part where there wasn't water and bounced out of the toilet. (gasps) Oh, my fucking God. And fucking vaporized. (laughs) (laughs) What you fucking witnessed? And I, <laughs> that was a battle between God and the devil. I know. And the devil and fucking won. I know he took my air fox. <laughs> it's now fucked up. Jeez, oh, I'm do so you remember, sorry. Um, when I dropped my phone in your toilet that one time? <laughs> yes, I do because I, I, I think did that happen? Well, I think it happened more than once. <laughs> no, oh, no, it was just the one fucking time. Are you sure? Because I screamed really loud and then I Wasn't threw my. That, weren't we recording the podcast at the time? <gasps> were we? Were we? I don't I feel remember like this. We were. Oh my god, were it we? It was like one of the first episodes. Yeah, maybe it was because oh. it was like I was downstairs. It was the bathroom downstairs in yeah. your parents' house. Yeah. yeah. Well, wow. So the lesson to be learned, children, is um, don't drop your shit. Don't fucking drop your shit. Just Uh, don't glue everything you own to your body. Or do drop your shit, because, you know, the sewer man is down there and he needs to listen to music. All right, let's play D&D. So last time, oh, what happened last time? Mary and Corbin, uh, you guys made your way to the uh, shady businessman in the warehouse district and uh, absent any other plan or brain cells, grabbed just everything from his office uh, and ran away with it. Meanwhile, Slake and Selmy uh, struck out. And were struck by the Strata family, failed to convince the noble family to to speak at the trial, and then Fran, you had a you had a fun little fun little library date with uh, your boyfriend's cosmic evil twin. So uh, after all of that, you guys got together at like a little tea shop, and you talked strategy, um, you talked legal strategy. And uh, then Fran turned you all into lawyers with big hair and receding headlines and uh, sweaty polyester suits. And you headed to the amphitheater to face your trial. And that is where we are now. 
Yeah. Also, part of my disguise is that I'm constantly, I have papers and I'm constantly like tapping them on everything near me to like get them to be like straight. All right. Uh, so Selmy takes you guys around uh, to the back of the amphitheater where there is a, a guard at a back door who's looking very sleepy. Mm-hmm. And uh, she just very, very casually, she does not stop moving. She does not make eye contact, but she flips one single coin to this guy and he like looks down at it and like, oh, <laughs> and by the time he looks back up, you guys are through the door. <laughs> and uh, Sally goes, all right, that trick's only going to work once. So just play it cool from here on out. I stack my papers. Please make performance checks. <laughs> Can we get advantage because we are in these amazing costumes? <laughs> sure. So I'm gonna wait. Bad. I'm gonna cast. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Um, uh, guidance or something. Yeah. You know, whoever's gonna talk the most. Who Me. Has- <laughs> okay. I'll give. Because I think like it. we decided I was. Yeah, gonna be you're the gonna lawyer. be the head lawyer. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hold on. I think we all have like zero performance. We, yeah. None of us have good performance. No. Correct. None of you are bards. <laughs> Uh, I touch you and I cast guidance on you. Okay, friend. so that gives so, me plus. Yeah, you get to add a D four okay. to your roll. Okay. okay, and I have advantage. <laughs> so hopefully that means something. Mary um, rolled very badly, and so you see Mary like she's in the back and she's standing very, very straight. <laughs> she is clutching papers so tightly that they are wrinkled <laughs> in her hands and like visibly damp. Oh my god, oh, Mary. Mary! She wasn't made to be a lawyer. You know, she was raised. To be an omnipotent, all-knowing goddess who never had to explain herself. <laughs> oh, phew. Okay, so my highest roll was a 14, and then I rolled a 4. <gasps> so I got an 18. <sighs> okay, all right, Fran. Uh, Corbin Slake? I got 11. <laughs> I got 12. <laughs> We're going to do great. <laughs> we both I'm the head lawyer. You guys just shut up. Did very good. <laughs> You're right. like, I'm going to die. Uh, Sally looks at, at you guys and goes, well, here goes something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, she has brought you guys through like a tunnel to a, a looks like a, a gateway and is waiting just inside of it. From this vantage point, you are able to watch as the nine counselors of the Dwarven Council file out from a doorway on the opposite side of the amphitheater and seat themselves at a very tall, long table. There are refreshments and things set along the table, and the counselors all find their seats and start, you know, it seems like a very casual affair to them. They've got pitcher with some with some j- drinks in it, and there's some grapes and nuts, and they're just they're just snacking and chatting while they're in the rest of the amphitheater. A crowd of nobility have, have gathered and are settling in. You see, Councilman Tarn specifically, he is seated at the center of this long table, and he is not eating any of the refreshments that are sitting on the table. He instead has a small knife, and he is cutting slivers off of a piece of meat that he holds in one hand and is consuming these pieces raw scanning the crowd as the counselors wait for the king to arrive. That is is 100% dwarf meat. How has he not just been arrested for being a bummer? Is that that considered normal? This is straight up Hannibal. (laughs) Um, Selmy shakes her head and says he's always been weird. I did not think to ask what kind of meat he eats. But I mean, does does anyone down here just just I'm eat so- chunks of raw meat in public? Y'all <laughs> just sleeping on this dude? He's just like this and you guys are just like, yeah, 
That's my counselor. <laughs> Power and privilege protect a lot. Uh, all right. So after everybody is seated and the nobility in the stands has settled down a little bit, the king arrives from a grand gilded gate on another side of the amphitheater with much ceremony and fanfare as trumpets blare and uh, banners are unfurled from the ceiling in glittering gold. And the king walks to a extremely tall throne that sits above the council table, which he is helped onto and sits presiding above the council. And uh, can you guys make me a perception checks? Mm, perception. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, hey. It's 21. 21. Okay. Okay. Anybody get higher? Nope. I uh, I got a natural one. Oh, <laughs> Corbin, uh, you are you are so distracted watching the counselors eat. Yeah, I'm like obsessed. You are just you are your eyes are locked on that piece of meat in Terrence's hand. I feel like I, Corbin right now is literally going through like a morality issue <laughs> in regards to his desire to eat any and everything he sees, but also his unwillingness to eat the flesh of sentient. Intelligent creatures. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. What, this, you're literally, you're literally and actually are like the will to the Hannibal <laughs> yeah. in the room. I you're the only this. one that's like, I'm obsessed with him and I know he's the killer and everyone else is like, it seems normal that he that's eats raw exactly meat. That's exactly what's <laughs> happening. Fucking Fuck. Hannibal. That's exactly what's Hannibal happening. the herderer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His name is Heron the herderer. That's exactly what's going on. Um, yes. But uh, Slake, you notice, you just catch a glimpse of this. Uh, you don't have a good view from down here, but there are guards on the, like, this is like an open ceiling amphitheater, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and there are guards along the top of the amphitheater. And you see just briefly, one of the guards falls over. And the king begins to speak. He says, honored council, noble citizens, thank you for attending this trial. These last few weeks have been troubling, with invaders pounding at our doors, and now intruders spreading magic and terror through the city. These four intruders, which we have learned go by the names Slake, Corbin, Mary, and Fran, have sowed chaos throughout our city. They are responsible for the destruction and terror at the Grand Gate tracks yesterday, and for the attack on the Titacairn last evening and a direct attack on the life of one of our venerated counselors. Does anyone speak in their defense? <laughs> this, this is our, our moment, moment, boys. This is our moment. Jesus. This is our moment. I, I stomp my little um, kitten heels <laughs> yes! <laughs> out onto the floor, and I, I step forward to the, I'm sure, the table that they've prepared for the defense. Yes, there is like a very small, rickety, empty table. Mm -hmm. And then I reach into my bag and I pull out, it's an illusion, but it looks like I'm pulling out like a like a tapestry to put across this beautiful racket, <laughs> this rickety yes. table to make it like very like beautiful and official. And then I <clears throat> tap my papers on the table <laughs> and I raise my, my, my little hand and I say, that will be me. <laughs> well, Corbin and Slake should also follow you because we're part mm -hmm. of the defense, but we yeah. just will sit there quietly. Yeah. <laughs> What I want to do is I want to actually keep, uh, I think I'm busy like looking around up at oh, where I saw yeah. the guard fall. Yeah. Corbin, Corbin will follow you up then and just sit silently next and to you. Then Mary can come too. And Mary, Mary, will also is, come. Mary is sitting very stiffly next to Corbin. <laughs> she is still holding the same papers. They are getting visibly wet. 
Rub nice. the sweat on her hands. We love it. Corbin, love like, Corbin like gently puts her papers like down in her lap so it's not as obvious <laughs> to see. When you do, Corbin, you like they tear a little bit because they're so wet. Christ! Mary. Mary signs under the table to you, Corbin, like, I never thought I'd have to be in a trial. They always told me no one would put me on trial as a goddess. Oh, I was told every day that I am above the law. <laughs> Corbin pats Mary's little knee reassuringly. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, and Selny comes out after you and says, I vouch for this team of legal professionals. <laughs> <laughs> Corbin, like, closes his eyes and, like, saves this memory. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's, a, there's, like, audible gasp from the, from the crowd, and the king leans forward and says, Lady Selny, this is... And she shakes her head and says, Your Majesty, this has gone too far. The events in the city are out of control and you have done nothing, nothing to remedy or or stop them. And while the events of the last few days have been trying, this team of people I tap my papers, I tap my papers, I tap my papers uh, will demonstrate not only that those who are on trial today are not acting with criminal intent or intent to spread terror but that in fact there are problems in this city which run much deeper than anybody has acknowledged and that those who are on trial are in fact the only ones trying to anything about it. I don't know what I'm supposed to do in a legal setting uh, and I will sit down. (laughs) (laughs) And the king, like, he rubs his forehead and he goes, my lady, please. I hold out my fist for a lowdown fist bump. (laughs) Selmy looks at you very begrudgingly gives you a little fist bump. And the, the king is, he's rubbing the bridge of his nose. He's like, my lady, this is a ceremonial trial. It is not uh, customary for there to be a legal defense. And uh, Selly gives him a look and says, well, figure it out. <laughs> and she sits down next to you, Fran. <laughs> and, Fran, uh, what is your, uh, what's your, your spell safety DC? Um, I believe it is 17 or 18. Okay. Don't worry about it. Okay. You're oh good. Oh my god, what the fuck? Taryn is trying to he can like see through yeah, shit. Yeah, he can see shit. Um Taryn and is, maybe other people too. Taryn looks um annoyed, but he does not look suspicious. Okay. Alright, the king sighs and he says, Oh, I suppose then you may proceed with your evidence, whatever it may be. <coughs> I I stand up and I say, Thank you, your majesty. Okay, so hold on. We have to figure out how yeah. we're going to do this. I think we start with the spores. We start yeah. with, like, there is a scourge. Yeah, we, you know, we acknowledge the, the, city. Spore, the spore problem. Because that's uncontested. Everybody acknowledges yeah. that. Yeah, and that's, yes. how you, that's how we're going to win yeah. sentiment. Because people will be like, yeah, we yeah. don't like spores. That's a problem. Yeah, there <laughs> are drugs. Okay. Yeah. And I say, it's true, as you say, that there has been a dark presence in this city. Something that has been plaguing the minds of every dwarf who walks through our warrens. 
Something that snatches the innocent from their beds, never to be seen again. But it's not these people you have on trial here today. What we've seen and what our client has has been investigating is the incredibly detrimental spore problem we have on our hands. And and it does relate to this trial. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, there's a a murmur from the crowd. Um, Why don't you roll me a, we'll say a persuasion check. Corbin casts guidance. <laughs> Corbin, Corbin, Corbin. Corbin is going to use up all his spell slots. I literally am going to use all my fucking spell slots. That's fine. You through this. And I guess uh, during this, I'm also if I if at some point I can make another perception check. You go for it. Yeah. Hey, so that is only a thirteen with no, guidance. With guidance. Shit. And my perception check was an eight. Okay, uh, Slake, you are too busy uh, seeing how the crowd is reacting mm-hmm. uh, to notice anything else. And the crowd does not seem to be very convinced at this point. They're kind of looking around like, okay, what does this have to do with anything? Okay. Which is fair. Which is fair. At yeah, this point, if they were fair. convinced, I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't understand that. Councilman Taron sits up a little bit and he says... I fail to see what this has to do with the magical chaos that has been sown through the city these past few days. Yes, we acknowledge that there is a problem with drugs plaguing in the lower tiers of the city, but what evidence do you have that this has in any way related to what we are here discussing today? I hold up the manifests that we got from that really mean guy with the fire <laughs> that show that the, the spores came from the Tidacairn. Mm. And I say, this evidence shows that the spores that have been plaguing the city come from your very Tidacairn, counselor. <gasps> gasps, gasps. So I. Rhubarb, rhubarb. So I'm not surprised you wouldn't want to talk about it. <gasps> Ow! <laughs> um, and the king motions to uh, a, a servant and says, Clerk, please bring the evidence up to the council table. Mm-hmm. And uh, hand it over. Yeah, the servant comes and, and hands the documents to the council table and they each look at them in turn while, while speaking to each other. And uh, pouring themselves more more drink. And uh, well, as soon as they get to Councilman Taran, he takes one look at them, scoffs, and he says, This proves nothing. It says something called SPR came from the Industrial District. How on earth does this tie spores to the Titacare? What else do you think it stands for? Special pony rides, you <laughs> idiot! Obviously, it stands for spores. This came from the office of the man who has been distributing them throughout the city. You can ask any dealer on any corner. Uh, um, Why don't you give me another persuasion check? Okay. Guidance. (laughs) I did roll well. I got a 19. Can I get another perception? Yeah, go ahead. Can I also do a perception? Because I think Hannah did bad. Uh, (laughs) You are correct. I I got um I got thirteen. Well, I got a two. So all right, all right. Neither of you. I can't perceive shit. We're like so impressed by friends lawyering. Really impressed by the lawyer. Yeah, you you've forgotten what you saw on the roof for the moment. You're just so as you you actually you guys when you you look around. You see that people are starting to lean in a little bit now. They're they yeah. are looking at Fran with like more thoughtful looks on their faces as they they glance around at each other. And the king taps the arm of his chair, making a loud thudding noise, and he says, "Language, please. There is no need <laughs> to turn to personal insults in a professional trial." 
Respond to the evidence, not to how I presented it, please. Ow! <laughs> um, the king is, is handed the evidence, and he just glances at it and then, you know, hands it back to mm-hmm. another clerk. Because he's a nasto. Yeah, because he's a nasto. <laughs> which we will be proving. <laughs> it says, the councilman is correct. This, this evidence, while... It can certainly be spun to tell a certain story. It does not, in fact, prove anything. So, your highness, you want to hear a story, do you? <laughs> I call... What's her last name? You Just, do not we know. Don't. I call Selmy, wolf of the waves, to the stand. Yeah. Uh, Selmy stands up and goes, that's n- not my name. <laughs> Point at her. <laughs> sure. Hello, and welcome to another mid-roll. I'm sorry this episode was a little late, but I just adopted a dog who you may hear sniffling in the background, and he's the most beautiful boy in the whole wide world. Um, His name is Googie, and I love him more than anyone, or anything, or any when, or any place. So, now that that's out of the way... (laughs) I hope you're enjoying this crazy lawyery episode. And first of all, today I'm going to get into a lovely message. Hopefully listening to us play D&D has made you want to play yourself, either for the first time or as a comfortable return to a beloved hobby. So why not do it better? RPGBot is an online resource for both new gamers and veterans of tabletop role-playing games, including informative articles and online tools, to help you and your friends be better players and play better games. It also hosts the RPGBot.podcast, where the hosts discuss game mechanics, review RPG products, and talk to exciting creators. Known worldwide for deep mechanical analysis, character optimization, and detailed instructional content, if you want to enrich your Dungeons & Dragons or Pathfinder experience, or even if you're just overwhelmed by the player's handbook, RPGBot is the place to go. Check out the RPGBot.podcast on your podcast platform of choice and find them at RPGBot.net slash podcast. And speaking of this wonderful podcast, they had the lovely Hannah on their podcast recently. So if you search up Hannah Colbert on your podcatcher, you will also be able to find that. And again, their podcast is RPGBot.podcast. I also would like to thank our Apple Podcast reviewers uh, for this episode. You guys are so wonderful, and we really appreciate your kind words and the time you take to uh, write them. So thank you to Nyad Naomi, Fooey Kazooie, Mundane Monster, Space Kitties 22, Person Dude Guy Yup Yup, Back at It Again, who has given us the helpful uh, message that we need to change our schedule on our website. Thank you for that. Will do. Fraylin, is that a ship name? We love to see it. And Rad Aquacoder. Thank you guys so, so much. Seriously, it means the world. It really does. Thank you. And speaking of things that mean the world, or people people that mean the world, um, I would love to thank our Patreon new patrons. Thank you to SW Habor, to Epin, to Radioactive Dreams, to Anders the Magnificent, to Chris, to Kat, to Jewel, to Emma, to Haley, 
And to S. Kato, thank you guys so much. It means, it means so much. Um, if you want to become a patron and support this podcast and give us more time to podcast, we all, you know, um, are, are working our day jobs. And, um, if you want to give us more time and energy to focus on Dames and Dragons, then feel free to hop on over to patreon.com slash Dames and Dragons, where we post outtakes, deleted scenes, um, exclusive art, maps, polls about merch, sneak peeks, bonus campaigns, which is our personal favorite thing that we do. We've got live streams. We've got video content of us playing other games. We've got uh, the $10 tier where we send out prints and gifts to you all year long. Um, so if you are interested in any of that, we would uh, really appreciate it so much if you would pop on over to Patreon and uh, subscribe. Thank you. And now let's hear what they're doing over on the Geekspective Podcast Network. Do you love watching movies? Do you hate watching movies? Boy, oh boy, do I have the show for you. On Watching Movies, April and Kenny watch movies. Instant classics like Pride and Prejudice and The Mummy. Despicable gutter trash like Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Divisive, controversial picks like 2001, A Space Odyssey. Each month, our hosts discuss and analyze a movie, then put out a watch-along commentary track. Enticing. Whether you like watching movies or hate watching movies, you'll love watching movies with April and Kenny. Now streaming on your favorite platform. Well, the time has come for a message to Chantel. Chantel, the code word is Alexander Vanderleck, and the sleeper agent is active. Go! Honorable Council, Your Majesty, my husband, I accompanied the defendants in their investigation of the ruins of the Titicairn after the attack yesterday, which there is no proof that they were involved in this attack. I should state that right out loud. But I did accompany them to investigate the aftermath, and the building uh, had suffered quite a bit of damage. And she glances back at you guys and, like, damage that may or may not have been sustained during the attack. I shake my head. And and Sally goes, or probably was or wasn't. (laughs) I shake my head, I shake my head, and I I, I do, like, a a cut-off, like, throat gesture. Anyway, (laughs) while in the facility, we found one very disturbing piece of evidence. I... Uh, did did we bring? And she sort of gestures we to brought, her arm. Oh, we brought the arm. Yeah, we I brought, made sure. Oh, we have the arm that it's, we brought. It's the arm. wrapped up, yeah. in right? Some Put cloth. your paper. Yeah, <laughs> some cloth. Uh, yeah, and she so she gestures for you to hand it over. Yeah, I I solemnly bring it up, and she she unwraps it, and uh, there is a <gasps> big gasp from the audience, and the the council. Uh, one of them who's eating like some nuts, like gags, <laughs> and starts coughing, and the counselor next to him starts like pounding him on the back. Does Councilman Taren gag, or does uh, he lick his lips? <laughs> uh, why don't you make me a perception check? Okay. 
<laughs> if he licks his lips, that's so fucking ridiculous. I got a 19. Technically a 20. 19. Okay, so uh, you, when you look at Councilman Taren, he, uh, he looks disappointed. Like this was not according to his plan. Yeah, this yes. should not have been left behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so Selmy says, He's this- like, that was my lunch, and I forgot it in the restaurant. <laughs> oh, no, I left that in the break room. Yeah. Oh, um, so Selmy takes the arm, and uh, she points the uh, bone end towards the council, and she says, as you can see, the owner of this arm, something has happened to them. The bones on the inside are glowing, Faintly, We see it often in the teeth of those who have been uh, heavily abusing spores. It is reasonable to assume that this affliction carries to the rest of their bones as well. And uh, this was found in a... I do not wish to offend the more delicate constitutions of the nobility in the audience, but it was found in a bloody pit. And where was that pit? Uh, it, it was in the tight of Karen, I did I not say that? You did, but I wanted to repeat it for emphasis. Thank you, Selny. And where, Lady Selny, did we find this note? And I pull out the note that like we found in the break room that like talked about giving the subjects more doses. This note was found in a trash bin in the break room um, among several cheese cracker wrappers. <laughs> and the king leans forward and he says, will you please read the note aloud? I'm afraid my eyesight's not what it used to be. <laughs> I look down at it, and then I quickly run over to Selny on the stand to give it to her to read. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Selny takes it from you, and uh, she reads, uh, says, Dorcas, subjects are not responding to inoculation fast enough. Need another batch. Round them up from the red tier. And there's, there's a, a series of gasps gasps from everywhere <laughs> and the the king leans forward and he goes and is this note signed by anyone and uh selny says it is not thank you thank you selny for reading that although i can read <laughs> uh i i gesture to the arm and i say surely this poor person was one of those subjects being inoculated with the spores your investigators witnessed several such subjects wasting away in there did they not they did, uh, your lawyership. Uh, <laughs> Selby. Fran, but Fran just, like, like, like bows to yeah. her. <laughs> and uh, the king, king strokes his beard and he says, I do find it troubling, the existence of this note. However, there is no mention of the note about spores, nor is it signed by anybody. Do we have any indication of who this Dorcas is? Well, I mean... I would assume it's someone who works in the Titacairn. Mm, unfortunately, assumptions are not a sound basis for a legal argument. Well, unfortunately, somebody destroyed all the records in the Titacairn, so we can't find out, can we? And uh, everybody is, there's a, there's a murmur throughout the crowd. And will you please roll a persuasion check? Okay. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I got a 17. So the murmurs all uh, grow a bit louder as they as people discuss what this note could mean, or is this evidence? Ooh, I don't know. It seems kind of damning. And uh, 
The king turns back to Councilman Terran and he says, Councilman, is there anybody in the employ of the Titacaron that goes by the name Dorcas? And uh, the counselor steeples his fingers and he says, not to my knowledge. Sounds like you're a bad boss. <laughs> and uh, he waves a hand and he says, I am the leader of many employees and many subjects of uh, the districts that I represent. I'm afraid I do not know all of them by name. My point stands. And uh, I pull out the blueprints and um, I hand them to the clerk as well. And I say, as you can see, your majesty, there's a passageway that was built recently in the Titicairn. And this passageway seems to lead to nowhere. Except... And I look at Selny. It doesn't lead to nowhere, does it? Selny looks at it and says, uh, In our investigation of the Tidakaran, we found that this passageway led to a colony of mushrooms, which produced the same glowing spores that have been plaguing our streets. Thank you, Selny. And I point to the other door, mm -hmm. which is where all the people like dying on the mats were. Mm -hmm. And I say, and what do you know about this room? Uh, that room was where there were uh, mats laid out with the afflicted, uh, those who are were addicted to the substance to the point of hallucination, uh, and that was where they were laid out. And have any of these people been seen since? To my knowledge, no. Interesting. I look at Taryn. Uh, <laughs> Taryn raises his eyebrows, but he doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, the king looks at this evidence. Can you make me another persuasion check? And I will let you make a make a perception check too. Okay, guidance. Okay, <laughs> guidance. 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 Okay. Um, I got a fourteen. <laughs> okay. All right. Twenty-two. A twenty-two. All right. So, uh, Slake, you uh, as as the crowd sort of seems a little uh, less convinced now. They're leaning back. <laughs> um. And when you look up again at the top row of the amphitheater, you notice there are a lot less guards than there were when you first came in. Oh um, in fact, you don't see any up oh there anymore. <laughs> um, I, I whisper to um, Corbin and Mary, up there, the guards? Mary signs, there are no guards. That's what I'm saying. When we came in, there were a bunch. Now there aren't any. Um, um, Corbin, uh, stands up and says, Uh, ladies and gentlemen <laughs> of the council, could we please have a minute? Uh, it's new. Fran whirls around. <laughs> um, we've just received new evidence. Can we please have us a short recess to reconvene? <laughs> and Councilman Terran, now he does lean forward and he says, I assume this is because you've realized that this evidence points to nothing and is nothing more than a fable made up by a outcast of the court. Actually, no, that's not it at all. I motion that we conclude this trial. It is all baseless. We have more to say. And the, the king waves a hand and says, Councilman Terran, please be seated and may the legal representative please wrap this up. I look back at Corbin with like wide eyes. Corbin like gestures up. To where the guards were. <laughs> and Fran looks up and she whispers, Phelan too. <laughs> um, and she, um, in, in a panic, 
She pulls out the ring mm-hmm. from her pocket that belonged to the nobleman. And they were the Strata family. Yeah. I so, yeah. And she holds it up and says, I call Lady Strata to the stands. <gasps> and uh, there's a, a murmur through the crowd. And uh, Lady Strata stands up. And she makes her way down to the to the floor of the amphitheater. And she says, I, I did not agree to testify at a trial. I, and she looks at the king who sort of gives her this look like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I look at her with like sad eyes <laughs> and I hold up the little ring. She looks at the <laughs> ring and goes, what, what do you want me to say? This is my son's ring. It is my son's ring. I, I have nothing else to tell you. Did you know that your son had an addiction to the spores? There's another gasp through the crowd. Um, and she winces and says, this is very cruel to bring my family's business to this stage. I'm trying to save other people's families. Yes, my son had a problem. There's nothing else to say about it. I failed as a mother. Is that what you want me to say? I I let my son dive into debauchery and and drugs and now... And now this, and now this, and now you bring me here to cry in front of all these people and to make it seem like you were right. Uh, you have the crying mother on your side. I mean, I, I, um, I put the ring back on the hand. I don't think this was your fault, my lady. I think it was theirs. And I look at the king and the counselor. All right, give me one more, pers- uh, one more persuasion check. Guidance, please, God. Okay, I got a seventeen. A seventeen. All right, and people. <laughs> You, the murmur of the crowd turns sad and sympathetic as the Lady Strata leaves quickly, hiding her face in her hands. And the king steeples his fingers and he looks very, very serious. And he says, While I admit that this evidence is troubling, I still fail to see how it exonerates the criminals who are on trial today. It certainly points to deeper problems within the city, which must be investigated. However, uh, there is a booming sound from somewhere in the distance. And the whole cavern shakes so violently that dust and small rocks fall loose from the ceiling. Okay, I grab, I grab my friendos. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, Every, uh, the king looks around and he looks up to the guards at the amphitheater top ring and sees that they aren't there. And he looks around. He starts to say something, but is cut off as screams echo through the cavern, joined by more panic voices and more. And then a roar that turns your blood to ice. The unmistakable roar of a dragon. Oh, my fucking spell slots on guidance. <laughs> And I watched you do it, and I said nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's fine. I saved my strongest spell slot, so. Okay. And Selny looks around, and she goes, what? What was that? The crowd of the amphitheater begins to, to get out of their seats and head towards the exits as the, the king calls for calm. Let us be reasonable while we find out what has happened. And as he is saying this, in the confusion, a line of smoke like black ink and water trickles down from the roof and then a figure steps out from behind the throne Phelan looks at you Fran 
His eyes black as inky pools, showing nothing. Except for one quick wink before he plunges a knife into the king's heart. He leans close to the king's ear and you see his lips move, but you don't hear what he says. And then he steps away and he's gone. And the king's body slumps back limp against his throne. The council flees from their table, scrambling out of their tall chairs and tumbling onto the floor of the amphitheater with none of the pomp or grace they had only moments before. All except for Councillor Taron, who looks at the five of you and smirks a little. I put up my middle fingers. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, I flick him <laughs> off. I flick him off. We all put up our middle yeah. fingers, including Mary. Mary especially does Mary it. especially puts up her middle fingers. <laughs> yes. Uh, meanwhile, Selny is grabbing at you guys and says, we have to go. We have to go now. Got it. Fine. And uh, as you are leaving, you see Counselor Tarn, who leans over the king's body, which convulses once twice and then he rolls over to the side of his throne and heaves a red and pulpy mass out of his mouth what his body twitches again and when he rises he's taller no his hair and beard more golden his skin looks almost bronzed but the most startling difference is his teeth (sighs) fuck black as volcanic glass He's fucking. We fucked up, dude. We fucked up. Yo, that wasn't our fault. Um, And suddenly, like, as you know, you guys are at the doorway out of the amphitheater watching this, and her, she just goes still, and her face goes slack as she watches this happen. What do you guys want to do? So basically, like, as soon as Torma shows up, Fran is like so undone by that that she immediately drops the seeming spell and none of us are disguised anymore (laughs) and uh mary steps forward dropping the wet papers she (laughs) brings up her hands and then slams them down into the ground of the amphitheater and there is a ripple of golden light that surrounds the amphitheater in a thick opaque shell so you guys are just outside of it And she takes a step back and then signs that won't hold him for long. Let's go. And uh, he just stares at you guys with a black grin. There's still the dragon outside. There's still the dragon outside. Okay, yes. we run outside then, I guess. All right. So you guys and like, Selny is distraught, and you have to more or less drag her out of the amphitheater. Mm-hmm. And we do. And I give Torva one last disgusted look. Yeah, and uh, he just grins watching you leave unperturbed by this containment shield which will fail eventually he's a god he's patient i know we can't like Fight him cast, in this moment. Do you think if I cast Blight on him, he might die? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Fucking I think that'll be the end of the podcast. <laughs> I do. I think that'll work. So I think you should yeah. definitely oh do my that. God. I cast Reduce on him, and he becomes half his big. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, I have to touch him. I don't. I'm not gonna no, go. You touch don't want to go touch him. We just probably shouldn't even come here. Huh? <laughs>
Okay, we probably should have just fucking left. But like, y'all can Bye. deal with it on your own. <laughs>